chão E o popozão no chão Eu, parado no bailão No bailão, ela com o popozão O popozão no chão O popozão no chão O popozão no chão O popozão no chão Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is a special Champions League edition of PSG Small Talk for Tuesday, December 11, 2018. And on today's show, we're going to talk about what else? Paris Saint-Germain has topped Group C. We are the winners. We outlasted Liverpool and Napoli, PSG on 11 points, Liverpool on 9, Napoli on 9, And it is Liverpool who will go into the number two position going into the round of 16. And Napoli, unfortunately, will be going to the Europa League, which I would put them as a decent favorite for. Like, not to to go on a tangent right off the bat, but I thought Napoli was the best team we played in in that group stage. I thought they were organized. I thought they had good ideas. I thought they were well positioned all the time. Defensively, they were stout. PSG really couldn't get a lot going against them. And it seemed like the PSG Liverpool games were very much about who had the home field and a lot of that. And I just wasn't impressed with Liverpool in either game for like any real long stretch of time. So. Kind of as a recap of this group, I think PSG were clearly the best team. And it bared out over a stretch of time. It wasn't evident early on, but as you saw, here's a team that was the only one that went to Serbia, went to Belgrade, to the Maracanã with a K, in front of a team that had yet to lose a home game in like 34 tries. It was some ridiculous number, like 34 or 38 games in a row that Red Star had not lost at home. So by purely that fact that Paris Saint-Germain went to Belgrade and won, and won fairly convincingly, this was a team that held Napoli to a scoreless draw and beat Liverpool 2-0. So you have to say that Paris Saint-Germain is, and I just saw this come up too, and I hope I, uh, it's actually on the screen that I'm, I'm watching right now. PSG are unbeaten in games that Neymar scores. That is an actual statistic. They are 29-0-2. And that can kind of transition us into this game. Think about that stat for a minute, because I'm going to come back to it. 29-0-2 when Neymar scores a goal. For Paris Saint-Germain. This game was tricky. It was always going to be a little bit tricky in that Red Star were clearly going to play better and Paris Saint-Germain needed to play 90 solid minutes, not make a, not make a lot of mistakes. They should win. Obviously, they should win this game and they did, but it wasn't going to be as simple as, hey, PSG just have to show up and Red Star will lay down and, and die. That's not what happened here. I thought PSG in the sorry in the first half were absolutely brilliant. I thought Thomas Tuchel came into this game. It wasn't overcomplicated. 
He did what he did against Liverpool formationally, but what they were able to do really well, I thought, was they got the ball to the wings really quickly, as opposed to sort of letting the ball bog down in midfield with Verratti and Marquinhos on the ball. They got the ball wide to Bernat. They bought the ball wide to Mbappe, who was essentially playing that wing position. And it just opened up a lot of space in the middle, which wouldn't have normally been there. And it's what allowed PSG to hit those counters in that first half. The first counter being off, I think, Presto Kimpembe won a ball in midfield. Outlet to Mbappe, who then passed the ball to himself, got around the edge, put in a left-footed ground ball cross right past the keeper. All Edinson Cavani had to do was get a touch on it, and he did. Cavani, again, he's not going to star in these games. He's not going to be the best player. He's not even going to be the third best player. But if he can do what he did right there, which is make a good run into the box, stay with Kylian Mbappe, and put a ball in when he has to, and be clinical, he is absolutely invaluable. Because that was a major, major goal early in the game. And you knew PSG had to score early. Because if this went into the 35th or the 40th minute and PSG were tied with this Red Star team, and if especially if they went into the half tied, you'd start asking some questions. And that early goal allowed PSG to not press as much as they maybe would have if they had been sort of forced into a nil-nil game. So it allowed Red Star to get on the ball a little more because Paris Saint-Germain wasn't as aggressive trying to, I guess, they weren't they weren't overly aggressive. They weren't making too many reckless challenges. There was a couple in there, but they weren't beating themselves and they were forcing Red Star to play with them. And Red Star had its moments in that first half, but for the most part, PSG just dominated. And we go back to that stat. 29-0-2 when Neymar Jr. scores for PSG. And he did so in the 40th minute. And it was an absolutely ridiculous goal. Like, this is... He's had some great ones with PSG. This one is especially great. He's got the ball left side. Cuts back in on his right. Lets the ball roll. Pump fakes the keeper twice. Little shimmy with his right foot as the ball continues to roll in front of him. Goalkeeper goes down and then Neymar just quick triggers him right over his right hand. And it's 2-0 Paris Saint-Germain and they get to the half up two goals, 2-0. And at that point you're thinking, and I was thinking, brilliant first half. Defensively, they were solid all the way through. There were a couple little hiccups, but nothing that was particularly worrisome. Silva was playing well. Kimpembe was playing well. Marquinhos was really playing well. I think he's taken to that role that he's playing. He's not really... And we talked about this in PSG talking a little bit. He's kind of a hybrid defensive midfielder, central central defender, like a sweeper. And it really does work for him. He's starting to get the hang of it. Kylian Mbappe was great all game, but I thought he was really good in that first half. And he was making runs, he was opening up space, he was doing some of the things that Neymar usually does, but because I think Neymar picked his spots a bit in the first half, you know, 
still coming off that still coming off that groin injury. Had to pick his spots, couldn't go full out right away. He needed to get a lather going. And I think Kylian Mbappe sort of took the role as playmaker early in that game, and it took a little bit of the pressure off Neymar and allowed him to kind of work into the game as opposed to having to be right in it from the very start. Now this is where it gets tricky. PSG come out in the second half, they look okay, and then there's like a moment of about 10 minutes where Red Star go for it. And they had been passing decently well the whole game, but in this 10-minute stretch, Red Star looked like an actual like Champions League quality team. And I think it stunned PSG a little bit. I thought Paris Saint-Germain turned off just a little bit. They didn't lose complete mental faculty, but there was a moment there where they just sort of turned off, and it's what happens to all talented athletes and people. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But in this case, it's hard work beats talent when talent isn't focused. And I thought there were a couple moments in there which allowed Red Star to get some momentum. They got on the ball. PSG were trying to play it out of the back a little too much. And it led to that goal. And I'm going to nitpick here. But if I'm going to praise Thiago Silva for what he did against Liverpool, I am going to give him blame for this goal. And I do think it's his fault. And here's why. As a defender, when you are in trouble, when the other team is pressuring you, in my opinion, it's really important to know where you're going with the ball and to be confident in the decision you're making. So if that ball comes gets flighted in, Thiago Silva, in my opinion, should hit that ball in front of him or out of bounds behind for a corner. He had space. There was no one near him. And this is just one of those things that happen sometimes with him. It happened against Napoli where he just could have cleared that ball and he didn't. And here's another situation. Do not head the ball or hit the ball unless you know where the ball is going. Especially when you are that deep in your own half. And he just kind of headed it behind uh, the Red Star, um, the Red Star player, and I want to get his name right here, just because, um, because I don't want to, um, I don't want to like shortchange him. Let's see if I can get that up here. Uh, Gobelchik, Gobelchik in the 56th minute of play puts this nice little volley, and to be quite honest, hold on one second. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm a little bit of a cold right now. Um, Gianluigi Buffon could have done better. And he clearly knows he could have done better because he threw a fit after he let that ball in. So two mistakes lead to a goal. A couple more minutes, Red Star are on the ascendancy. And then PSG have to make a choice here. They can sort of panic and try to hang on. Or they can gather themselves, slow the game back down, 
and reimpose their will. And luckily for us, they chose the latter. And through the 60th through 70th minute, all Al Tuchel rides it out. He does not make a substitution, which I like. I like that he didn't panic there. Because some coaches in that situation may panic and try to change the chemistry up a little bit. And he didn't do that. He was confident with it. He rode with his team. They regained the foot, regained their footing. They regained the high ground. And then 73rd minute, and I'm going to say this, Angel Di Maria, Angel Clutch, when the moment matters, the guy usually comes through pretty well. Free kick from pretty decently far away outside the box. It was either going to be Neymar or him. He takes it with his left foot. Nice curling effort that sort of dies in front of the keeper, so the keeper can't really go out and get it. And Marquinhos flies in, strong header, ducks his head down, powers it into the left side of the net, 3-1 PSG. And from that point, the game was essentially over. And PSG hung on. They brought in Rabio. They brought in Draxler, I think. But it wasn't like they really needed subs in this game. It, they, they pretty much had this thing on lockdown. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get the subs, just the exact substitutions here. They brought in, yeah, they made two subs. They brought in, I didn't miss one. They brought in Rabio for Verratti and Draxler for Di Maria. And they iced out the game into the 90th minute. Neymar assists Kylian Mbappe, who puts it in the back of the net. 4-1 is the final score. Mel Brennan got that uh, score right in his prediction. Um, Mbappe deserved to score. He played well. And Neymar, once again, I go back to that statistic because I think it's really important. Neymar is the best player on this team. There is no doubt. And some of that some of that stats a little misleading in that there are some games where they're not exactly playing uh they're not exactly playing Real Madrid in those games. But it's not misleading in the sense that when Neymar scores, PSG win. It's that simple. And it's not that he's a great striker or anything like that, but you can tell that when he scores, it's usually because he's initiating the attacks and then he's finishing them. He's around the net. He's moving around. He's feeling good in the game and he's feeling confident. I'll say it again. When Neymar scores, PSG win. And that statistically is backed up. 29-0-2 when Neymar Jr. scores for Paris Saint-Germain. So I thought... It was important to win this group. It was clearly set up this final match day for them to do it, and they did. Because, as I said on Twitter, the difference between winning this group and finishing second in this group is the difference between having a choice of Atletico Madrid, who's a very good team, but PSG still should beat them in Atletico's current state. Atletico just doesn't score enough goals. Um... The other team would be Tottenham. Good team. PSG are better. Uh, they can't play Liverpool again because of the, the rules and how that works. Um, Schalke. PSG should beat Schalke. That shouldn't be an issue. The other options are probably Shakhtar Donetsk. They should beat them. 
Uh, Roma, they should beat them. Uh, Manchester United, they should absolutely beat Manchester United. That's a that's a fun matchup, I think, and that'll have some banter quality. But I think PSG should be beating Manchester United. Just again, Manchester United doesn't score enough goals. Um, and although although Mourinho can be tricky and in Champions League. PSG might get caught on the counter a couple times, but I just don't think Manchester United are good enough across the line defensively to keep PSG out of the net. Um, and Ajax would be the other potential team PSG would face, and PSG are better than Ajax. If PSG had finished second in this group, their choices of opponents would be Dortmund, which is a hell of a tough team to play on the road and anywhere, any anywhere to be that uh, frank, um, Barcelona, Porto, which would be the easiest of those teams, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Juventus, and Manchester City. So, would PSG be able to compete with those teams? Probably, but I don't think they'd be the favorite in any of those. And quite honestly. PSG have gone the last two years playing ridiculously difficult round of 16 matchups. And it would be nice if they could get a... I don't want them to play like... I don't want it to be a, a light game where they think they're just going to walk through the team. But I would like them to have a, 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 a tie where they're favored and where they can sort of work through some things and they can impose their will on the game. And they're not defending, defending against, you know, better, slightly better teams without the benefit of a real actual defensive midfielder that they could put in there. If they can make a move in January to get a Leonardo Paredes, to, uh, I think, yeah, to a Leonardo Paredes or somebody of that caliber who you can plug in realistically and play in a Champions League game then I maybe wouldn't be as worried in that situation. But you can't guarantee that, especially with this financial fair play mess that's going on. I just think, like, right now, PSG are in a really good spot. And they earned it. They deserve it. There's nothing flukish about it. There's no reason to qualify it or anything. PSG got better as this group stage progressed. They weren't ready in that first game. They got more ready as they went along. They had some luck. They had some brilliant individual performances and moments to keep them in striking distance. They were third for a long time in this group. And in the end, they just had the horses that the other two teams didn't. Liverpool, That was being Liverpool and Napoli. And they deservedly win Group C. So, what is up next here as we end the year? PSG will play, I believe, I gotta look at the schedule for a minute, just to get you, there's three more games left. I just want to make sure I'm right, I don't want to screw this up. Um, PSG will play on Saturday at 11am against Dijon. Afterwards... Uh, it's not 100% confirmed, but it's pretty much confirmed. I'm going to have Mel Brennan, who I've wanted to have on for a while, onto the Small Talk Show. We're going to talk about PSG's um, 
We're going to talk about PSG's win here against Red Star. If he watches the Dijon game, we'll probably talk a little bit of that too. And we'll sort of look ahead to the potential matchups PSG will have in the round of 16. On Monday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, the Champions League round of 16 draw will happen. And we will know who PSG will face in the round of 16 come February, March. On Tuesday, the 18th, PSG will play U.S. Orleans. I don't even know that's how you say the U.S. part of that. But they're going to play Orleans on the road in the Coupe de la Lee round of 16. That will be at 3 o'clock. What I will try to do is I will try to do a little bit of a recap of that game. And I will talk about PSG's draw, whoever they end up getting. Then... Saturday, the 22nd, PSG will play Nantes at the Parc des Princes, and that will be their last game before the winter break. And I will try to have Eduardo Razo and John Olangi on for a very special holiday edition of PSG Small Talk, where we will discuss the first half of the season. We'll review it. We'll preview the second half, January transfer window. We'll do all that sort of fun stuff. And then PSG will resume on January the 6th against Stade Pontevis in the French Cup round of 64. And that's a fifth-tier team, so I doubt PSG will even play any of their starters in it. But we'll cover it anyway in some form or fashion. So, what a day. PSG get the job done. I'm happy, I can go to work tomorrow, and I don't have to have a frown on my face, I can be happy. I was so nervous today, I just wanted to get this game started and see if PSG could really get it going, and they sure did. So, congratulations to the club, to the players, to the coach, Thomas Tuchel, Tuchel, however you want to say it, he's the best PSG coach of the QSI era, I think, already, and PSG might have something here. And it's about damn time. Make sure to follow uh, PSG Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast, PSG Talking and PSG Small Talk. Um, visit our website, psgtalk.com. And think of subscribing to our Patreon page. A lot of cool content in the work. Sometimes, you know, jobs and life get in the way. But we're working on some stuff, and we'll bring it to you when it's ready or when we want to announce it. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else left to plug here. Um, a lot to talk about on an exciting Champions League evening here. Um, I think we're good, everybody. So for PSG Talk, uh, this has been Mark Damon saying au revoir for now. <laughs>